Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 137 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I truly appreciate you tuning in. We continue our 2022 AFL preview episodes. Recently, I had the great pleasure of sitting down to talk with Fremantle supporter Nadia Mitsopoulos, and we'll get into Nadia's bio and a little bit of her background during the interview. Remember, folks, that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll consider checking it out. First and foremost, I hope you'll subscribe to my mailing list so that when new episodes come out, I can drop those into the mail to you as soon as they are published so you don't have to wait three or four hours to have it show up on your favorite podcast hosting site. You can also leave voicemails over there. You can also sign up to be a guest on the podcast if you're interested in doing that as well. And one of the most important things over there on the website is you can also leave a review for the show. So if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy what I'm doing, and you're, you're having fun listening to it, and you want to share your views on the show, it would be greatly appreciated if you'd head over to yankonthefooty.com and click on the review button. And you can actually click on that, and it will take you off to Apple Podcast or Spotify, or I believe also Podchaser, where you can leave a review for the show there. And then that lets me then share those reviews out on social media, hopefully encouraging other people to come along and check out the podcast. So if you do that, that'd be fantastic. Remember, also, if you like the show, you want to consider helping me out, you can click on that button at the bottom left-hand corner of my website. That's my Buy Me a Coffee page. You can also just search out Buy Me a Coffee and look for a yank on the footy on there and do it that way if you choose to do so. It would be greatly appreciated. You certainly don't have to, but if you if you like what I'm doing and you want to help out the show and help keep it on the air, that would be fantastic. And if you're interested in any of my podcast gear, you can find that on my Redbubble page, also up at the top of the website. And ladies and gentlemen, I do hope you enjoy my chat with Nadia Mitsopoulos. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Uh, wonderful person. Wish we'd had a few minutes longer, but we got through an awful lot of information in a very quick period of time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for our Dockers preview is the host of the morning program on ABC Perth. She's also a board member of Lifeline WA and is also the West Coast Fever number one ticket holder. And I had to ask somebody who the West Coast Fever were because I didn't have a clue. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Nadia Mitsopoulos to the podcast. Thank you for getting up today and, and sitting down to chat with me about the Dockers. Oh, and thank you for asking, Craig. And lovely to meet you. Great to meet you, too. This is a... Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a, an absolute great time talking with uh, supporters of all the clubs. I, I, I love getting the, the vantage point of, of, of fans, of supporters and such. And it's, uh, it's great that you were able to sit down. Um, you know, before we dive in and, and talk about the Dockers, you know, up on your, your, uh, your social media, it, it talked about how you were involved as one of the board members with Lifeline WA. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating, you know, much needed organization that that helps people in, in all different aspects. And you were you were mentioning that, you know, with all of the things that have happened here recently, you've had a kind of a difficult time with, you know, not necessarily, well, I guess in some cases, overwhelming things that you've had to deal with, but then there've also been other hurdles that have come up that have you know, been impediments yeah. to the group. 
Yeah, oh, look, um, so I've been involved with Lifeline WA for about four or five years now, and we have been fielding over the last two years a record number of calls because we have our um, our key uh, business is the crisis support line, so that 13 11 14 number, which we have crisis support workers manning that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, just before the pandemic hit, of course, you'll recall those devastating bushfires in the eastern states that lasted six months. And so we were fielding a lot of calls from people that had been affected by that. Um, so our workload had already increased. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and suddenly people were um, frightened, isolating. We had lockdown initially. Um, and it was really uncertain times for people. And our, our phone lines, I mean, our calls increased by something like 25%. Um, so we obviously kept operating throughout, but it was huge and we needed to be there. And I mean, of course, you know, it's fantastic that people are calling and reaching out. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're in particularly in that sort of first six months as well, and, and for the last few years, then some of our major fundraising events also got cancelled. So suddenly we were sort of faced with this situation of like an increasing number of calls. We're not getting the, you know, the, the sponsorship and the, the financials that we would normally get. Um, and luckily, people have stepped in and, and been very generous in donating because, you know, they obviously realised how busy we were. And um, so it's been really tough. But at the same time, you know, we've been able to recruit an extra, I think, something like an extra 100 crisis support workers, which is where our fundraising goes towards. It costs about a 4000 Australian dollars to, okay. um, to train up a crisis support worker. And, Craig, they're volunteers. We don't right, so I was going to ask These that. These are people they... that volunteer their mm -hmm. time to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we train, we pay to train them up and it, it takes quite a few months, um, but they volunteer their time, you know, do a three-hour shift, whatever it is, um, to be there to basically get someone through the day. So they're amazing, you know, they're our guardian angels and we love them. But it's, you, been, are... it's been a challenging time, but we're here. <laughs> are, you always, are you always looking for more volunteers to help out especially with the way things have been then so they can certainly yes, you know check are. out check out your website to uh to sign up and in fact i i do have the the lifeline um information in my show notes i put that in in every episode uh, as well as the ones here in the u.s and i believe i have the ones for canada as well listed there because i think it's, it's a really important uh um job that these people are well i can't can't call it a job it's a volunteerism mm -hmm. that they're doing um, yeah, it's and incredible. Craig, and uh, yeah, absolutely cannot say the number enough. And remember, we get a call every 30 seconds. So imagine your mobile wow. phone ringing every wow. 30 seconds. Somewhere around Australia, every 30 seconds, somebody's calling Lifeline. No. So, yeah, the, we I, have a I big job. The volunteers, when they're, do they work out of like a centralized location or are they working out of like from their home or are they wherever they, can, they happen yeah, to be they, and the number will ring through to them? Yeah, so they'll come in. So we can take calls from anywhere in Australia okay. um, and they will come into our call centre and you'll only have, you know, eight or nine plus a couple of supervisors in any one shift. Mm -hmm. um, the, the busy shifts tend to be the Friday nights and Saturday nights, which can often be difficult to staff. Um, we are also trialling um, a remote service in the southwest a couple of hundred k's out of Perth where people are taking calls from their homes. So that's something we're trialling okay. at the moment as well um, and hope to roll out a few more of those kind of things. But, yeah, generally they will come in um, to, to a call centre because they will also have supervisors um, watching and listening. Uh, the supervisor will never talk, but the calls mm -hmm. are, they're, they're obviously monitoring the calls in case, a, you know, somebody is, is in real crisis and, you know, threatening 
um, suicide, right, then often right. we've got to make sure that the response is right. Which can often involve calling police and and getting getting somebody there to help them. That's mm. that's it's 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 it is a noble thing that these people are doing. It's yeah. it's 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 wonderful that they're doing it. But it yeah, and and you know looking at you know at the map of Australia, I mean WA is just a massive landmass. It's it's Huge. enormous. You know, and and again, you know, much of it is is very sparsely populated, of course, but it's, yeah. it's still it's 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 a huge chunk of land. And, and if you're here in the U.S. and you're listening, yeah, you know, you're not taking a real close look at the you know the uh, political map of Australia. WA is just a massive, uh, you know, state. So yeah, we're like uh, half the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like yeah, country. yeah. Um, and also, don't forget too. You know, we've been we've had a very tough um, border policy, right? So it's right. been very difficult to get into Western yes. Australia over yep. the last couple of years. So you've had a lot of families that haven't been able to reunite. Um, mm-hmm. You know, have had relatives pass away that they haven't been able to be with. So there's been a lot of stress on yeah. people and a lot That's- of. Um, it's been emotionally a very tough time for a lot of people. So yeah, but we want them to call. That's what we're there yes, for. Absolutely. So we're 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 going to be talking about the 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 men's comp uh, for 2022 with regards to the Dockers. But I I think we would uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't spend a little bit of time talking about the women's side that has just been very good this year. And I and I think you know last week down in in Tasmania, I think that they kind of just ran out of gas with, you know, having been. Yeah, I think they were due, yeah. I think they were for a loss, weren't they? You sort well, of, you feel like you sort uh, of have to drop a game to, to, to bounce back. Yeah. You, you know, it was, it was like, you know, having one eye on one, one eye on the park and one eye on the airport because they mm. knew they were heading home after that. And it's, mm. you know, and it's, uh, and I, and I, I mentioned in my most recent episode, I, I, I took a moment and I said, you know, I just, I'm, as a fan, I want to say, I, I said, I wanted to say thank you to the to Eagles and Dockers for making that sacrifice, because if it doesn't happen, the season kind of grinds to a halt right then. Look, yeah. and that's been part of the problem with our hard border, you know, mm-hmm. that we haven't, this is the first live game we've had since right, December right. Of, any, of any sport in Perth. So, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was kind of mixed feelings. Like people were great that Carlton could come in very quickly, um, but People were also a bit angry, saying, "Well, hang on, I've been trying to get back into the state for a while well, as well as yeah. a footy team in." Yeah, um, yeah well, and that's but, great point. But that aside, and the other point too is you've got to remember too: these women also work; mm-hmm. they have families; they are not full time. Right, right. Um, while they're professional athletes, they are not full time professional athletes like the men. Mm-hmm. And so, for them to have to then go into a bubble in the eastern states, and so they were away for a few weeks. It's actually really tough on them because oh, they, they, they work yeah. and you don't work you don't get paid so it's actually like juggling that and managing that has actually been really really difficult for them um i think they look fantastic this year i mean if you, you cast your mind back not last season the season before we were um in the grand final and then it got cancelled because right. of covid so right. we do feel this one thing business with the women yes um and last year i think they just weren't quite quite there um i kind of see the, the that core group of players that have been together from the start like the the the, the team has gelled but it's mm-hmm. also they've swapped a few positions around but they're, they're fast they've just got real speed at the moment right, right. absolutely um and i think just changing up, don't you think like yeah, this, the ball a, works better it's a very fast um, side yeah 
And I think early days, the problem with the women was, and I think probably with a lot of the teams, was just that accuracy in front of goals. And I just mm-hmm. feel that that's starting to get oh, and, and better I, yeah, as well. That, that's definitely improving. And I think, and, and as I've mentioned with a, a lot of people that, you know, as, you know, because you, so, many of the, so many of the women who are in the comp right now, you know, played footy up until about what, age mm-hmm. 12 or 13, and then it wasn't there for them. So they, no, they hit it off to cricket or netball or yeah. soccer or whatever, yeah. and then they came back to it. Yeah, we had we had a javelin thrower um, in our in our first season. So they were pulling people from other sports, quite a few netballers, mm-hmm. um, including one from West Coast Fever, went and, and played um, for in the AFL as well. So they were pulling, um, you know, women from other sports. And it didn't always work, to be honest. Most of them didn't. But the pathways are there now. And, you know, people were really critical uh, in that first season of the women's competition saying, oh, the skill level's not there. It's like local footy. But they hadn't had the pathways and the the opportunities that the blokes had had. So, you know, they were kind of starting with nothing. My daughter is going, is playing footy. So -hmm. this will be her first season playing for a club, uh, for a club that will be able to accommodate uh, girls with their own change room, for instance. Like, there you go. sort of taking a while you know just something simple like that so um and I think now that the level of interest uh, particularly my daughter's almost 13 is huge Mm -hmm. because there is a clear pathway and even the the women's like the waffle the WA football league they have a quite a strong women's competition now as well um so you're getting a lot of players coming through there and then getting into the AFL so I mean where we were four or five years ago yeah, um, because think, you know that you know quite a short amount of time. The the you know the the, the opportunities for for teenage girls even began a few yeah. years ago. So now some of them are starting to matriculate through, and you've got you know you've got these young 18, 19 year olds who are coming into the comp this year, or even or last year who have been playing the game all their life. So the the skill level is is going to, I think, is just going to improve exponentially, even when you add oh. the, the last four sides into the comp next year. Absolutely. And also, remember, too, like five, six, seven years ago, the girls would play with the boys, and then there was an age where mm-hmm. they couldn't do that anymore because right. it was just, you know, the boys were getting rougher and they were getting bigger and whatever. And that's when the girls would go, what am I going to do for these three or four years until I can try and get into the waffle? So there mm-hmm. was, and they, you know, sort of drop out and move on. So, look, I think it's great, and I think we're pretty much by next year we'll have every team um, represented in the competition as well. Yeah. So, but as I said, Craig, we have unfinished business. We should have got that grand final two years ago. That was ours for the taking i don't disagree um, with you and we haven't forgotten that <laughs> yes I, and as you shouldn't but like i said i i uh i have i've i've issued my mea culpa several times this year because i when i initially made out my my ladder predictions for the the women's comp this year i had the i had the dockers in the fifth spot and about a half an hour before i recorded i flip-flopped the bulldogs and the dockers and well I screwed up. I was wrong. You had because we're yes. top of the ladder at the moment, Craig. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we speak, we're top of the ladder again. Well, <laughs> we <now>, belong. <laughs> on the flip side, on the mm-hmm. flip side, I did have the men's club finishing in the eighth spot last year, and they let me down. So <laughs> now there were a lot as of you injuries. Understand. Yes. 
Yes. A Docker supporter knows what it's like to be let down. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a uh, you, you mentioned that your you mentioned that your son is an NFL fan. Now, I don't know which club he supports, but uh He's Patriots. Okay. I I've been a Cle- I've been a Cleveland Browns fan my entire life. Uh the Cleveland Browns the last time they won a championship was also the same the last time that the, the Demons had won the championship until they won it this past year. So nineteen sixty. Okay, well you'll be Okay, well, you'll be pleased to know that my daughter is a Cleveland Browns fan, and I think she just kind of plucked them from the air. But as I've now discovered, there are a lot of similarities between the Cleveland Browns and the Dockers. So They're, she's picked the right team. <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Tell tell her I tell her I am very impressed by that. You know, it's uh, we're cut. We're kind of like the 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 Carlton Blues right now. They're starting to acquire a lot of a lot of talent but haven't quite figured out how to get it to all play properly. Mm, that's so, been out. That's been out. Yeah. So you're know, looking at the, the club this year. What, what are your expectations for the, uh, the club this year? I've got them making finals okay. this year. Um, I think the expectations are very high, um, but let's not be unrealistic I don't think they're going to win a flag this year the the plan is and the club is very confident so they they had this big strategy that they released a couple of months ago and 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 the strategy says two flags within four years so one for the women and one um, for the men's I've got them making the eight um, and I'm encouraged by those young those young players that we've had have now are starting to hit that 50 game mark. Mm-hmm. And you sort of need those 50 games under your belt to really sort of start making that impact and, and settling in as a player and really honing in those skills. And I just feel that we're starting to get that now. And we've got some exciting um, young guys. I mean, like Luke Ryan, Alex Pierce, Andrew Brayshaw, um, Caleb Sarong, Josh Tracy. These are all this sort of core group now that are, that are coming through. I think in the past, the, the We've, we've given away players, unfortunately, that we probably shouldn't have, and then they've really done well in other teams. And I think there was a time there where we just would rely on one or two really good players, mm-hmm. you know, in the days of Matthew Pavlich and that kind of thing, and even to an extent with Nat Fife. Right, and right. what I liked about what I saw last, particularly in the last half of the season, is that we didn't see Nat barely played. He missed a lot of games, and yet we were winning really we were winning well mm-hmm. against teams that we didn't think we'd beat without him. Right. And so that to me sort of signaled that we were kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, you know, one of the, one of the things you know, about the the club is that, you know, that if you, if you brought in, you know, cause you, know, you had, uh, you know, Adam Chera headed back to Carlton, which another reason why you're <laughs> such a big Carlton supporter there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, you it's can in, have him. You can yeah, have him. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's in some ways, it it kind of parallels the, the you know the problem that Gold Coast has in terms of of keeping talented players there because if you if you bring in somebody from out of state on the side, you might have them for three or four seasons before they request a trade or they hit free agency and then go sign a you know sign a deal with you know a club back in Victoria or back home in in South Australia depending upon where they happen to be from. So it's, you know, I think that's, that's an advantage yeah. that I think that the Victorian sides have is because. Absolutely. There's, it's very know, hard. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is quite isolating um, coming this, you know, 
to Perth. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also difficult too, because you travel every second week. Now, a lot of those Melbourne teams, you know, most of their games are in Melbourne. So it's actually quite a, it's a, it's a tough gig playing for either West Coast or Fremantle for the travel as well. Right, and right. The, the toll that that takes, um, you know, on your body and, you know, your family time and, and particularly the last two years where they've had to spend, you know, weeks and weeks on end in hubs in Queensland. Um, it's been really difficult. Like it's actually, and we don't even know if the board is going to open in time for our first game either, Craig. Like, so we don't yeah. even know if we're going to be able to get to our first home game. Right. We don't know when the board is going to open. So we don't even know if the team's going to be let in. Well, they let, they let the Blues in this week for they did. the women's comp, yeah. so. so that could set yeah yeah hopefully hopefully, so they we will, hopefully they'll go ahead and you know yeah i don't know what the vaccination rates are there and this and this is not a podcast talking about that i'm not saying to get one to not get one that's not my place uh you know but you know hopefully you know hopefully it gets resolved and we're able to get back to some sort of normalcy yeah um, we um we have a very high vaccination rate we're 98 percent single dose wow and not okay. far off double dots. Yeah, we're very high here. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, very I, compliant. We're very compliant in Western Australia, Craig. So you, you don't, I don't know if you, you've probably been following the news. You don't have a lot of bridges with trucks parked on them right now? Uh, no, not at the moment. We do have protesters. Okay. We do have protesters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's their right. That's okay. Yeah. We're a free country. You've got a right to protest. Yep. Just do it in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you, you lost, uh, you know, yeah, Stephen Hill retired. You know, you had, you know, yeah. you you brought in some some good young talent. If I, you know, you well, you brought in Jordan Clark from the Cats, who is, you know, very very fast. But he's, you know, he'd never been able to, you know, crack the the the, the Cats side because, you know, you know, we they kind of have a. I had somebody, uh, I heard somebody refer to the, you know, the the Cats the way that they have been putting the list together and they make finals every year that it was kind of like a pyramid scheme. Uh, yeah. that, and I thought that was a really good analogy. And I've mentioned that in a couple other episodes, you know, they keep, they keep paying, you know, pay, paying the dividend to the, to the now, but in the future, are they going to have the money to pay off? And, and, you know, this may be the, the last year that the, the premiership window is cracked open. You know, I, I, I would love for yeah. it to, you know, but we shall see, but, you know, I think as we mentioned before, you know, the whole, you know, coming to Victoria thing is yes. a, is an advantage. And it sounds like, and again, I've never been there before, but it sounds like, you know, Geelong in some cases has a bit of a draw from even some of the clubs in Melbourne, because it's a little bit of quiet, bit of a quieter way of life. It's a little bit more off the beaten path and suppose, and I guess the fishing is great. Cause I guess they keep telling people how great the fishing is in, in Geelong. Um, I, I, I saw a video today of, of a great white shark trying to eat a boat off the coast of Tasmania. So I'm thinking I, I don't need to go fishing there. <laughs> we have them here as well. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, and I lived on, I, I, when I was in the Navy, I lived on aircraft carriers for a little over two years. I know they were out there, didn't see any of them, but I know they're there. Uh, so what is a successful year going to look like for Fremantle this year? You mentioned, you know, making finals, well, maybe not, maybe not winning the flag. No. And I don't think that is the expectation, but the expectation is we make the eight and maybe even, you know, make it through the first couple of rounds. I think that would be 
um, we've been a bit starved of success and we haven't made finals for the last couple of years. And, you know, there's always, always this joke about, oh, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding. And, and you know, the CEO last year um, said to me, no, we're not rebuilding, we're just building. And I think there's been a bit, because there's been a, a, a change in administration and there's mm -hmm. just been a bit of a shift in thinking as well. And there seems to be a little bit more strategic about the kind of players that they're getting. Um, and as I said, you've got that core group now that have got those sort of 50 games under their belt, these younger right, right. ones who are not like the yeah. young ones anymore. So I just kind of feel that um, the experience is, it should start to pay off now. Um, and they've got some fantastic players. They've picked up a couple of good ones. Matt Johnson is one to, they picked him up in the draft. He's actually having some surgery. He's injured himself at training, unfortunately. And um, Jai Amos, and there's some good, there's some good, um, there's some good young rookies and, and, and as if well. I remember, if I remember. Um, and then you look at the other end. And you get... Go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, several of the picks that they brought in this year are young men from West Australia. Yes. Which you know yes. is something that might hopefully bode well with you know if they if they pan out that that's something that's a long-term investment where they'll stay with the side mm. you know so that yeah. that that's that's a good thing for them I think you know that yeah because uh, that it, it does get the teams and we've had it a few times with us where we've lost plays because they've just got homesick and said mm -hmm. I want to go back to know yeah Adam Chera was a, a classic example so um you know Rory Lobb as well we thought we might lose him but we've managed to hang on to him for a bit so um, that's good. And then you also, then you get at the other end, um, you know, someone like David Mundy, who uh -huh. this will be his 18th season, 18 yes. seasons. No, I know. And I... still, I just, he's my favourite player. He's my absolute favourite player. And I used to interview him once a week a couple of years ago on my, mm -hmm. on my show. And he's, he's originally from, um, you know, a little country town called Seymour in, in um, country Victoria. Okay. And he has made his life here. He's got three kids. He's married. And, you know, Perth is where he's going to stay. Okay. Um, you know, it's remarkable. So um, and Matthew Pavlich was the same. He was from Adelaide and he ended up moving over and he's stayed as well. And, you know, his career's moved on to commentating and yep. um, career in TV. But, you know, I look at someone like David Mundy and he's playing, he's playing it because he's best football. Yeah, he's, it, he's playing better in the last couple of years than it was playing ten years ago. It's and, incredible. Yeah, and I and I and this is and I've mentioned this to other folks. This is one of the things I I have a hard time wrapping my head around uh, when I when I say that some you know being being somebody who's fifty eight years old and and I think of somebody you know David Mundy who's twenty two years younger than I am and I'm and I'm thinking of him as old as as far as players go and I I just I have a hard time you know grappling with that in my mind but you know but you're right he is you know in you know if he was playing if he was playing baseball here in the U.S. he might still be playing for another four or five yeah. years but but yeah. the fact that he's playing that he's playing this game at the high level that he's playing it and and mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a hint one of the little trivia questions that I have for you the at the end I'm, I'm going to give you half of the answer because he's one of the players that actually played all 22 games for your side last year he did. Yeah. He did. There yes, weren't. There did. were not many. He's, he he has actually he um 
He never gets injured. Mm -hmm. He broke his leg a couple of years ago in the off season while he was riding his bike with his children. So he also says he's been very lucky with injuries that he's never really had injuries. And Mm -hmm. just on that point too, I think that's going to be another thing um, this year because the last few years as well, we'll have this fantastic run and then all of a sudden we'll lose two, three, four key players to injuries. And it's been a bit of a recurring issue. A lot of this sort of soft tissue um, injuries and then question about do they get brought back too quickly and then the injury comes back. So that's been a real issue for the Dockers actually, which they need to sort out. And I know there's been a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes about, you know, looking at their rehab and, and those kind of things because there's been some question marks about are they bringing these players back too early? Are they training them too hard? Are they, is it too much weight? So I don't know. Um, but that's been a problem for us is that we've, you know, the last two, three seasons, we've lost, you know, several key players at the same time to injury and then the season falls off the rails. Right, yeah. And 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 it, and it can take just, you know, one key injury with one key player here or there, you know, because, uh, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, and I and I haven't I haven't mastered every list you know of, of each side, and I know that uh, you know Sean Darcy you know had a bad knee most of last year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. He was battling that knee injury all year, and he was on, yeah, he, was he was off, and it was. Yeah, but when he's healthy, he's you know, he's and he's he's, he's going to be looking, yeah. And you look at him last year compared to the year before. Mm-hmm. He dropped a fair bit of weight. His fitness, he had speed, like he was a completely different player. Yeah. I mean, he's different, gonna, but he was playing through. He was playing through that injury too. You could see. Right, right, and it's you know I, and I I I, I won't mention that you know that that he was a Geelong Falcon, um, and <laughs> and that I heard the fishing's good. I won't say that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm okay with you being Geelong. I'm all right with that. If you'd put on a Collingwood scarf or a Collingwood hat, well, then I probably would have had to end this well, I, 20 well, minutes ago. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I or and, even worse, the Eagles. Well, well actually, you know, I, I Eagles were Eagles were not an option. But when I when I was deciding upon a club, I had actually narrowed it down to three when I when I decided which club to support, and I'd narrowed it down. Brisbane was one. Yeah. And Geelong was one. And I, and the third one, it's because it was my daughter's nickname. My daughter's nickname was we. I called her Magpie, so it was you know, you know. And my school colors where I teach are black and white, so it almost felt like a natural fit. But then I realized, you know what? I I want to support. I, for some reason, I said I wanted to support a club that was not in kind of like the big cluster of clubs in Victoria. I wanted to go with one that was outside of of the the major area of the clubs, and I. And I had, I had a player that I just, I absolutely fell in love watching who, you know, and this is before I knew that Joel Selwood was Joel Selwood or Tom Hawkins was Tom Hawkins. I, the player that I, and I, and I, to this day, I, I, he's, he's still my favorite player, even though he doesn't play with the cats anymore, but Nakaya Cockatoo was, was the player Mm -hmm. that just jumped off the screen on TV for me. He was one that, uh, yeah, he was, he was a great, he was a great player. So, if we look at the uh, at the uh, end of the season, you know, mm-hmm. and you've got you know you've got West Coast twice this year, you got Carlton twice, you get to you know you get to hate on them two times. Um, you got GWS, Melbourne, and St Kilda. Um, when the season's ending, what is what do you think the uh, the headline in the paper will be about the Dockers' season? 
what I hope or what yeah, I what, think. What do you, well, uh, give me both. What do you want it to be <laughs> and what do you think what it I, will be? What I hope, what I hope is it says, um, you know, Doc is making finals. Okay. That's all I'm hoping for. Um, but I actually think that that's what it will say. That's what I think it will say. Sounds good. I mean, Sounds players good. are fit. They've had a, they've had a good off-season. Mm-hmm. Um, no major injuries at this stage. The only question mark, I think, and I'm okay with this, is Nat Fife. Because I'm I'm not sure that that shoulder, he's had real issues with that shoulder. I mean, he's had mm-hmm. fragments of bone floating around in there. Um, wow. I thought he looked quite gaunt when he started training, when we still saw those first few pictures and he's been training hard. I'm not sure we're going to get 22 games out of him this year. That's my feeling, but we'll see. But again, I'm okay with the fact that we're not relying on one player because that's been our problem in the past is that we just rely too heavily on one or two or three players. The other thing I'd like to see is I don't think Michael Walters had a great season last year, so I'd like to see him step up. I'd like the ego to calm down a little bit as well um, and have that more cohesiveness with, with the rest of the team. I think he really... He just struggled last year, struggled to fit in. He, mm-hmm. he, and, and you know, the coach was loyal to him. He, he barely got dropped. And I think there were games he probably should have been. Um, so I'm sort of hoping that he's going to just find that form again okay. and, and, and gel with the team. Is what okay. I'm hoping. Now, um, I have one other question before we jump into the trivia here. Uh, can, <laughs> oh, no. can, can anybody stop Melbourne? Oh, you know what? Melbourne... <sighs> I'm not sure. Um, I think Melbourne's, you know, they're going to come out firing. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectations are going to be high. I reckon they're going to come out strong, and I reckon we might see them just peter out a little bit okay. towards the end. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. But, so- you know, their um, confidence is huge. Um, they looked good, i got to mm-hmm. say. They're a fast team. I was at the grand final. Whoever would have thought Perth would have an AFL grand final. So we did did go and enjoyed seeing Max Gorn walking around Perth. It was actually quite lovely. Um, But yeah, Was there only one of them? Because I'm I'm convinced that there's more more than one Max Gorn on the ground. I believe we only see the the camera angle. There's got to be more than one of him out there because he's everywhere. He is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he is absolutely he's, everywhere. He's, yeah. hard, he's hard not to notice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I, so I, cool. I had a couple of trivia questions here for you and we'll see, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, Uh-oh. I, you already, I kind of gave you one answer for this first one here, but uh, you know, the Dockers had a huge number of injuries last year and based upon what I was able to see, only four players were actually able to play all 22 games last year. Right, can, so you name, can, David, you name, can you name two of them? God, so David Mundy. There you go. And I was going to say Andy Brayshaw, but I actually think he might have. I think he might have missed a couple of games. He he was not one. Nope. Um, Michael Walters got dropped a couple of times. No, I've got that wrong too, haven't yep, I? Yep. Who's the other one? There was four. There were four. Yep. David Mundy. Caleb Sarong. Caleb Sarong was one of them. Yep. So there's your two. The other two were Travis Collier and oh. James, James Aish. And James Aish. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. That's good question. Okay. The second one here. 
Now, Matthew Pavlich, of course, has kicked the most goals in Dockers history yeah. with 700. Yeah. Who's kicked the second most? That's a damn good question, and I don't know the answer. Well, I, I'll give you a hint. You've mentioned his name already today. It wasn't Monday. It won't be Monday. No. Because he's in the midfield. Nope. Michael Walters? Michael Walters, yes. 290. Walters. 290. Okay. Yeah, yep. all right. And uh, which player, now he only played 13 games this year, this past year, but which player had the highest time on ground percentage for the club in 2021? The highest time on ground percentage. Matt Tavener? He was number five. It was Rory Lobb, 92.92%. Right, so 92% okay. of the time on the ground. Yep. Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's very impressive. Yep. Now, uh, I'll ask you one more question about 2021. <laughs> then I have one that's not that's not a 2021 question. So who okay. who who led the club in the total number of disposals in 2021? Now I was going to say Brayshaw, and you'd be correct. And I'd be correct. You'd be correct. 568. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. You've done pretty well. I, uh, you've done pretty well in these. Now, my last question here. Um, who did Fremantle defeat for their first win in the comp in 1995? My gosh. So I wouldn't have been there, but my husband would have been because he's been with him. Well, you're on his computer. Maybe I have it written down somewhere. No, <laughs> no, he would have been there. He would know. I'm going to take it. Yeah, oh, so 95, first win. Oh, wouldn't have been St. Kilda. Nope. I don't know. Fitzroy. Fitzroy. Fitzroy, which I, you know, I. Which is now Brisbane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, it's, um, I just, yeah, I, and I think, yeah, I, I would love to see the Bulldogs go back to their original name. I guess, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I just, it's just, it's, you, cause you can't, cause when you, when you describe them, you can't just say Western cause you, know, you have to say, you know, Western, you can't say just one word. You got to say both or just Bulldogs. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, but Hey, you did a pretty good job. I think you got four of them, right? Or Thank you. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. Not too bad at all. I, I, uh, the, uh, the person that I talked to earlier tonight, the Hawthorne supporter, yeah, was their last visit. Yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank, uh, Nadia Mitsopoulos for taking time out of her day to sit down and talk about the Dockers. Nadia, this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed thank this. Um, yep. I've, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I have an army of people that can talk to you if you want some more Dockers supporters. I'm Terrific. sure they would love to chat Terrific. to you. And when this does come out, I will shoot you an email and share that with you. And uh, you can thank share you. it with your army. And uh, just remind your daughter that she made a wise choice being a Browns fan. Good on you. Thanks thank a you, bunch. Craig. You bet. Lovely you chat. bet. Cheers. 
And a big thank you to Mad Fremantle supporter Nadia Mitsopoulos for being so generous with her time. I know we were kind of caught in between meetings, and I was glad she was able to fit me into her schedule. It was a huge help. Uh, I hope to get the opportunity to talk with her again. Uh, a lot of insight uh, that was terrific about Fremantle and just a, a huge, wonderful you know, advocate for the game. Now, again, don't forget that you can find me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. And also on my socials, you can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. And again, if you haven't done so yet, head over to my website and check out what's over there. Like I said earlier, you can get on the mailing list there. You can leave a review. If you want to help out the show, you can do that as well. And folks, I do want to thank you for checking out the podcast. I truly appreciate it. This is this is a labor of love on my part. I still have, after this one, I believe six more episodes that are already recorded and ready to be edited. So I'll be getting those out to you here in the coming days. And uh, I've got a handful of additional uh, interviews that I'm going to be conducting this weekend. And then two or three more that I need to line up. I'm still trying to track down a Richmond Tigers supporter. I know I've probably angered some Richmond supporters for giving them a hard time about uh, not being thrilled about playing games at... Uh, Marvel Stadium, but it is what it is. So, folks, I want to thank you for the kind words that you uh, have shared with me through your comments, through messages online. It is truly appreciated. Those of you who are tuning in regularly, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, Hopefully, you're considering sharing the episodes out there with your friends and family and telling them that uh, maybe spending a little bit of time with me each week is, is worthy of their time. And like I said, I, I cannot I cannot be gracious enough to thank you for the efforts that you've put forth to help this podcast grow over the last two years and a few months. So thanks again. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 137 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me over at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And you can search out A Yank on the Footy on both Instagram and on Facebook. And check out the website, ayankonthefooty.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll share this episode or your club's preview episode with your friends who support your club as well. Or if you're wanting to, go ahead and send them a club that maybe they don't like and get them to listen to that one. That'll show them. Until next time, folks, this is Craig Wessels. Thanks so very much, and I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye.